The landscape in Arizona is changing. So is its political climate. For decades, Arizona had a reputation as being a conservative haven. It introduced the country to politicians like Barry Goldwater and John McCain, and hardliners like Jan Brewer and Joe Arpaio. But Arizona's population continues to grow. And the influx of new residents is changing our state's politics. With the ever-changing landscape of Arizona's electorate, our state is looking more like one of those battleground states that presidential candidates will covet. Once a reliably red state, Arizona has become increasingly purple. In fact, NBC News named Arizona one of the top three states to watch during the upcoming election. 2020 could invite another blue wave in Arizona. While Republicans still outnumber Democrats in the state, recent polls indicate the potential for a shift to the left. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a national political reporter for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national political reporter for the Republic. As hosts of The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast, we're really curious about how the purple trend in Arizona is playing out across the state. What issues are most important to voters in each congressional district? What are their thoughts on the upcoming election? To find out, we're visiting each of the state's nine congressional districts. And over the next few months, you'll hear from voters across the state before they cast their votes. Today, we're traveling to Congressional District 8. It's home to popular spots in the state like State Farm Stadium, where the Arizona Cardinals play, as well as the popular concert venue Gila River Arena. The district is located in West Valley. It includes Glendale, Peoria, and Surprise. It also has large retirement communities in towns like Sun City and Sun City West. Republican Debbie Lesko represents the district in Congress. She took the seat in a special election in 2018. All I can say is, wow, this is really something. I'm going to be a congresswoman. Lesko previously served in the Arizona legislature for nine years, and her district has one of the largest populations of senior citizens in the state. So uh, about 23% of uh, CDA's population is uh, senior citizens, 65 and over. And the senior citizens who live there are very active in politics. There's also a large veteran and active duty population. So there's 70,000 veterans that live in Congressional District 8. Of course, we have Luke Air Force Base in Congressional District 8, so a lot of active duty military, a lot of retired military, especially around the base, like at, in Litchfield Park, a lot of the officers live there and that type of thing. The base is important to the district in part because of its economic impact to the area. According to the base, it contributes $2.4 billion yearly to the state. The heavy retirement community is now seeing changes with new business, bringing younger people to the district. And Lesko pointed to more and more big name companies moving to the area. And then we have Honeywell is in my district. They do aerospace. Um, I have uh, uh, Amazon, Amazon down in Goodyear. Companies like White Claw and Red Bull are also set to open factories in the district. Lesko gave credit to freeway systems drawing more people and more business to the West Valley. You have the 101 loop, um, you have you know, I-17, 
uh, the uh, Northern Parkway. So the transportation system is really quite good. And I think that's why a lot of the distribution, uh, big, you know, like Amazon and these type of things are right along the I-10 corridor uh, actually makes a lot of sense. Due to a large population of seniors in her district, Lesko said Medicare and Social Security are issues at the top of her list. And this was echoed by voters who live in the area. Patty Thompson is a 72-year-old retiree. She's a member of the Sun City Republican Club. You know, a lot of the little Sun City people have hard times, you know, living on their budget. You know, they're on a budget, a, a set budget, and it's hard to, hard right now, I think, for everyone. She said she'd like to see her benefits increased. She thought money is being used by Congress for unnecessary things and that seniors like her are really kind of being neglected. Democrat Joseph Picari also worries about the future of Medicare and Social Security, but he sees President Donald Trump as a threat to the programs. And he wants to basically continue to give money to the rich in, in any form or whatever it would, would be so that the the rest of us have to pay for it by cuts to our Social Security, by cuts to our Medicare, because otherwise um, the rich won't get their, uh, their, their bonuses. Not only are senior benefits a top concern, but benefits for veterans are a concern as well. Lesko is tackling that issue head on. She's formed a Veterans Advisory Council and a community group to bring their concerns to her. And it's kind of a mixed bag. I have people that uh, contact me that are extremely happy with veteran uh, services and veteran health care. And then, of course, there's others that have had really bad experiences. She's working toward introducing a bill in Congress to advocate for more transparency from the VA medical centers in the Valley. However, because of the pandemic, priorities have shifted to address this new issue that's at hand. The economy was booming, right? And so nobody cared about the economy then because they were all happy. Well, now after coronavirus, I would say the economy is the number one issue um, on people's mind. Lesko said she now receives more calls to her office concerning the economy. The issue was small businesses calling into her office, trying to figure out how to get Congress approved PPP loans. I mean, that was the number one issue. Um, and then I would say the number two issue was unemployment. CD8 is a historically red district. In 2016, Trump won that district by 21 percentage points. 41% of registered voters in the district are registered Republicans, compared to 26% who are registered Democrats. But Lesko's constituents have opposing views on her short tenure. Retiree Patty says she has a good relationship with the congresswoman. She recalled moments when Lesko helped her with an issue that might seem trivial, but really impacted her community. We're having problems with golf carts on this street. And she fought for that. I mean, it's just, you know, some things you don't think about that are important to people. But I'm very happy with with Debbie, and she is a spider. 
Patty plans to vote for Debbie Lesko to keep her in Congress. However, not everyone feels the same way. This includes independent voter Gary Carter. He said he won't be voting for Debbie Lesko. His main concern is government accountability and responsibility. His feeling this election cycle is, quote, anyone but Trump, unquote. So Lesko's closeness with the Trump administration is a problem for him. Uh, I just view, view her as a lemming and a rubber stamp uh, for Trump. He, he, I really believe she could do or say anything and she would find uh, a reason or a rationale to back him. And while he doesn't plan to vote for President Trump, he isn't too fond of presumptive Democratic nominee Joe Biden. Uh, I, I think what will determine what happens is who Biden picks for uh vice presidential running mate. Democrat Joseph shares the same worry as Gary. Well, she's totally in, in Trump's back pocket, you know. And so, you know, he, she support anything that he wants, and therefore that's not good for us. Joseph's top priority is to get Trump out of office. He echoed Biden's remarks that he was worried for the soul of the nation. He doesn't do anything, any doesn't do anything at all to try to unite the country. Uh, he simply wants to divide. However, Lesko isn't too concerned that her district will flip blue. I mean, the vast majority of people in Congressional District 8 support President Trump. Um, you know, are there some people that don't like President Trump? Of course. But in Congressional District 8, I would say the vast majority of people like President Trump. I I don't think this district is going to go for Joe Biden. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Ron, you have covered four elections in four very short years since 2016 uh, for this district, in this district alone. Is there any chance that Democrats can flip this area to blue in 2020? In a word, no. (laughs) But what they can do is make it a lot more competitive. So this is a district with a pretty significant Republican lean to it. 2018, I think, showed, especially in that special election, how Democratic energy is growing and how they can make things more competitive. But at the end of the day, this is one of the really red parts of Arizona. The question, though, in 2020 is, will it be hugely red or just red enough? So for Debbie Lesko, she's probably going to get through regardless of turnout. But for people like Donald Trump and certainly Martha McSally in the Senate, this becomes really kind of the question is, will they run up huge numbers in places where they know there are huge pockets of Republican voters? And in this district, there are some sort of special issues at play this cycle that have become sort of problematic or at least raised question marks for Republicans. Yvonne, you've looked into a little bit of that. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, we've seen across the board in Arizona and beyond that senior support is really kind of sagging for Trump and for some Republicans, given the high numbers of deaths and coronavirus illnesses that have struck a lot of these long-term care facilities. We've all heard these just gut-wrenching, horrific stories that have come out from everywhere, from here in Arizona to Washington State and over on the East Coast. So 
these voters really want steady, responsible, and consistent leadership. And a lot of them feel as though they're just not getting that from Republicans. And this is a party obviously headed by President Donald Trump. And as you could hear from our conversation with Congresswoman Lesko, she's concerned about these facilities. I mean, she clearly understands the importance of uh, the government needing to be transparent about what they are finding about what is happening in these facilities when it comes to spread of COVID-19. So, you know, I'd expect to hear more of an emphasis from her and maybe from other Republicans um, about the need to uh, make sure that seniors and that these people who are living in these long-term care facilities are getting access to the medicine that they need, but that their family members who live outside of these facilities feel comfortable and feel like their family members are safe and secure. And that is going to be a key issue because if you lose, you know, a lot of seniors in a state like Arizona, which is home to a lot of seniors outside of places like Florida, you will not win this election. Ron, the other thing that seniors in this district are talking a lot about are their benefits. Nearly everyone who we talk to, and it doesn't matter what party they come from, they're concerned that their federal benefits are not um, meeting the the needs of the cost of, of living in today's uh, in today's standards. What are you hearing from them? So this is really kind of a technical issue that is sneaky important in politics in America these days. The um, the way that Social Security benefits are calculated and dispersed every year is adjusted based on this sort of cost of living index. The way that they changed this is in a way to sort of slow the growth of those expenditures but what that means for recipients is they get less money than what they might have gotten before. And for seniors, especially these days with things like the cost of prescription drugs rising pretty fast, and also just the economic scarcity of a lot of products during this pandemic, that kind of uh, limited income for those who are on fixed incomes is a really sensitive issue. Um, this is something that does, as you noted, have sort of bipartisan concern and could present the kind of um, political issue that you don't want to be on the wrong side of. As always, Social Security seems to be the third rail of American politics. Well, that's it for today, Gaggle listeners. Thanks for listening to our special episode on Congressional District 8. Audio in the episode came from 12 News and Arizona Public Media. We'll be visiting each congressional district throughout the state leading up to the election this year. So subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez with oversight by Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.